Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sparkles and Rhinestones pageant podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Gordon, founder of Sparkles and Rhinestones. And today we have pageant royalty in, I say our studio, it's in our, we're in our living rooms or where, well, I'm on a pageant. <laughs> Sparkles HQ. Um, so I will, le- I will let her introduce herself and her pageant credentials. So what would you like to say? Hello, everyone. It's Beth Parr, your Queen Bee pageant coach. Uh, formerly Ms Galaxy International 2019 and before that hope you've got a cup of tea because I was <laughs> Miss Grand England, Miss International UK 2013 and Miss Galaxy UK 2010 so <laughs> long list. <laughs> a very long list we are oh my god when did you start pageants? I started pageants in 2007 um when I was uh 17 18 <laughs> when you were younger <laughs> yeah a long time ago um and I, I actually started with some like really small local ones so initially it was like a what's on magazine that was um local to to where I live on the Wirral and every month um there'd be like 12 girls on the inside for people to text vote one winner would then go on the front cover the following month and at the end of the 12 months um there was a, a, a live final in a bar where we strutted up and down the bar in our underwear which now would be so not the <laughs> not the vibe but we were sponsored by Primark so we thought we were, you know we were <laughs> we were something special um and yeah that was my my first taste and I won and then I did a little, well, it was a little one when we did it called Miss New Brighton. But back in the day, um, Sally-Ann Fawcett will be able to vouch for this. Miss New Brighton was huge. It was um, kind of along the lines of like Miss Blackpool and, um, you know, one of like, the pageants. And it went to Miss England and Miss UK and Miss Great Britain and all that. And it was televised. Um, it was huge. Um, and they brought it back for one year. And it didn't take off, but I did win. <laughs> and then, so after those two, I was like, maybe I'm, maybe I've got a, you know, maybe I've got something for this. Maybe I'm, I'm quite good at it. So I had to go at Miss Liverpool for Miss England and came runner up. Well, I thought I was Miss World. I, honestly, like it was the equivalent for me because I just couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over that these unbelievable girls, I'd sort of, I'd beaten them. Whereas I, I'd, I'd spent all day thinking, wow she's amazing wow she's amazing and then and then you know I was second to Debbie O'Toole mm-hmm. who back in the day was on Desperate Scouse Wives <laughs> um so yeah it was it and, and that's where it all began it's so funny because most of the um old school I say the old school pageant girls the OGs uh 10 plus years of service in the industry <laughs> always start with like a regional heat first of all and like yeah. you myself I was oh 2010 Miss Sundan and Vulture and I placed first one at Miss Vulture and I was there like afterwards because it was in a nightclub of course it was oh, <laughs> and I went out afterwards with a little crown on like yeah 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 yeah. I can remember going out afterwards uh, you know with my crown and my sash on to a bar I mean, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't happen now, would it? You know, she just like oh, moved on over, and then I found <laughs> yeah. out from Galaxy because Laura, who is, oh gosh, she was Ms. Galaxy Ireland, and then she handed over last year. Yeah. Ms. Galaxy Australia, yeah. Yes, she was competing, um, and she told me about Galaxy, and I was like, oh, and that was your year that you won. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that was my first big experience of like a national. Um. 
And that that was really where it started properly for me. That's where I really got the book and was like, wow, this is an amazing world to be a part of. And I just idolised Hayley Mack, who was the the international queen the year before me. She is like an OG name. Yeah, she was so good. And also she was the one that like back in back in the day you didn't see many doing appearances and stuff like that she was yeah. there everywhere like she was pageant perfection so those don't know get to know because she was a pageant legend <laughs> yeah an absolute legend so she she really was like who I wanted to emulate all the time and then and then you went back for the international crown um I said that you it, won in 20, 2018 wasn't it you won the UK yeah yeah so I, yeah I was meant to be on that but I was nine months pregnant Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, glad you weren't there. You might yeah, know. I don't think I'm going on stage at nine months pregnant. Um, no, no, I mean it wouldn't. It wouldn't definitely wouldn't be something I would choose to do. Like having had, you know, the two girls. Now, when I see, you know, it's becoming a thing now to compete pregnant, and I am in complete yeah. awe because I was fat, shattered, rolling around like could not. <laughs> you say that. However, you were like training girls looking <laughs> all gorgeous and glowy. And like I said, I say like the for preg competing pregnant, like I competed five months and I won Yemi. And that was it afterwards. I was like on crutches, I swap I still swore anyways, but I was like, no, five months is the cutoff point. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you compete pregnant at any point I'm just in complete mm. complete awe because even when I was coaching girls I was really actually this was something I, I really wanted to mention on this was that I was just I was so conscious of losing clients because of being pregnant because justifiably I probably couldn't coach as well as I can not pregnant and I was very aware of that um but you know thankfully girls still trusted me and I am so so grateful because I really do think it was kind of as my um business was really starting to grow and take off so obviously I would (laughs) you don't get sort of you know another chance on being pregnant and you want to enjoy it all but the idea of giving up coaching whilst pregnant was really overwhelming so I thought you know what I'm going to do it I'm going to do both and I'm going to just kind of run with it and the fact that girls still booked in and you know when we still had success um it was great I was was so relieved to be honest (laughs) I think that's always the worry and before we go into like why you decided to be a coach I want to touch on this because I feel that especially as us individuals as mums as women and you know you as a wife and all these expectations and then like for me, it was jumping back into pageants and competing. There's always that doubt and that worry of, oh, what's someone not going to book because I'm this or because, you know, yeah. I didn't win at this. Like for me, it was UK's National Miss 2021, three months after hip surgery, stubborn as ever, like, right, I'm going to compete. And I play second up and I was like, oh my goodness, what if people think, well, she can't win, so why would I book her? Yeah. Um, the same with like the hip, like I was like, well, people looking still even though I can't do all the fancy turns and twirls but people book because you're experienced and because they know and also I think it's it's relatability isn't it I do and I also think there are a lot of things to be said for being a coach versus a competitor I think it's very very different um I worked as a coach prior to um being a pageant coach my day job I often coached people in their roles um I worked in finance for a long time and more recently energy but whatever role they were doing I was often their their coach or their trainer and I think it really does set you up for pageant coaching because in general you have to know how to bring out the best in people which is not a requirement of being a 
competitor as a competitor you have to be the best version of you you don't I mean it's nice to bring out good qualities in other people as a competitor and as a queen but it's not sort of an essential whereas as a coach I really think nurturing someone's soul cheesy as it may be um and personality and their their nature and I think it's part of it I don't think it is just necessarily runway an interview I think there's 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 a lot more to it um that having had that experience of doing it in a in a previous job really really helps going forward and I think it also helps as a mum you know you 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 know how to nurture your own children um so you you kind of want to bring out those lovely qualities in in everyone who comes to you they can't they, they become your kids don't they they become you become that invested in them that is and we um we'll discuss this before going back to white because I think it's really important to keep on that topic before because there is no there's no pageant qualifications like there's no qualifications of pageantry whereas I think that bringing in other aspects of your life experience is great as well and we will talk about that in a minute um but like for me I was a personal trainer so I would teach and I actually taught when I was pregnant it was exhausting um you know shouting which is why I have great control of my voice um but I was a PT since 2013 so I was teaching then and then obviously I worked with children beforehand and I think also being a mum you have to have a lot of patience a lot a lot (laughs) I think helps being a coach as well because I think sometimes you get that oh I must be the most annoying kind of all must be the really bad like no you're not like it's fine we can build because these sessions of you to build and I always get um always have the joke of I'm the unpaid therapist (laughs) sometimes the therapy session which actually is why I'm doing my degree to become a therapist yeah (laughs) pageant coach slash therapist is a joke I often make because you you do you build that um you know that level of trust and that um just that really nice relationship with people where they feel like they can be open and vulnerable and raw and I think it actually really aids you in bringing out the best in them when when they can when they can open up like that so no I I I definitely agree about the (laughs) the therapist title (laughs) And also this as well for people who are listening who don't have a coach or maybe want to have a coach. Um, there's the expectation of being a, of, of having a coach. And sometimes it can be you do get the additional friend. I have many friends who have been from coaching, same as PT. I have many friends that I have coached. Um, but it doesn't always have to be that relationship. Like your coach doesn't always have to be in your life. <laughs> they don't have to be your next best friend. And sometimes vice versa, we all have different lives. Um that we need but um sometimes people have the expectation of right she's gonna be my best friend we're gonna be there um and there's also the oh but she's you know training all these other people in my category as well and everyone gets the whole oh what if they're doing this and oh that's their favorite now as a coach I don't have favorites I may have friendships but every session that is yours is dedicated to you and you only um we don't hype up yourself and then go actually I'm going to tell you the wrong things to say because you want someone else to win like that's not a thing no definitely not I I I have found this is that it's it's really hard isn't it because you want everyone to appreciate that you are giving them a hundred percent of yourself and but it, it can be hard when they kind of know that you are coaching other people in their category and you know someone beats them or does better than them but I, I can't stress enough that no one gets any favoritism because as well, you're putting your, you know, brand out there. Um, so you've got to give your best version of everybody else. Uh, sorry, you've got to give your best version of yourself to everybody else because 
it's it's so important that when people are on that stage representing you, they're as you know they're fulfilling their potential, and um, because that's the best advert. That's the best advert for my coaching anyway. I have found that I haven't really needed to push a lot of advertisement because I word of mouth and actual performance it's so the 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 business has sold itself yeah word of mouth is key which is why I used to at the start do testimonials and sometimes sometimes you can chase and sometimes you just don't (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we will get to that soon because I want to know what made you decide to go right hands over my international crown I'm going to get into coaching like was it just like "Mm, there's not enough new crowns out there for me so I'm just gonna chill (laughs) like right I've got a gift let's use it um, I think it was after Galaxy, I felt like I had fulfilled my competitive uh, goals. I had done Galaxy in 2010. I had done um, Miss International in Japan, Miss Grand in Thailand. So I'd had that Grand Slam experience, which was amazing, but I knew it wasn't for me. Um and then I was like, Galaxy is where my heart has always, always been. Let's go back. Let's do it again. I knew in 2010, do you know when you just know that that's where you belong? When I went back in 2018, I was like, I'm going in to win. Like, that was what I was going for. Um, and I I come out, it was 2019, I'd handed over and I was like, what do I do now? Like, I haven't got any more competitive goals. Mm. Um, How do I keep my foot in the door? And Honestly, honestly, it was meant to be a bit of like beer money. It was meant to be like, you know, yeah, passing yeah. passing on passing on my knowledge because it it was it was, I think I'd started to notice the the sort of increased um standard within the UK. And I thought I can contribute to that. I've got so much knowledge, so much experience. Why not? pass it on to the next generation and be what I could have probably done with in 2010. I wonder if there'd been a me in 2010, would I have achieved my galaxy dream sooner? Um, and that's what it was. So it was, it was filling a gap that I felt like I could fill and also keeping my foot in the door because I was so scared to not have a reason to be around pageant girls anymore. Um, and, and yeah, it, because I worked full time, I was very sort of relaxed with if people book in, fantastic. I'll I'll tell them what they need to know. And if they don't, no biggie. I've got no dependence on it. Yeah. And then it just blew up. <laughs> and I <did. laughs> and and now I've actually quit my full time job. So um and now I'm full time pageant coach. And yeah, it's happened very organically, so it's been lovely. And that's nice, isn't it? It's a nice progression into that. And I think as well, it's it's very flexible. Um, I would I wouldn't say it's like wow, it kind of is my full time job as such, but also like I'm a, a part time uni student, and I will eventually go on to that. But it fits really well around like the children, doesn't it? Like yes. you know, yeah, really good flexible times, and then you know who knows in a few years, all our girls. That's are- it. Like one. At the moment, we kind of do two weekends a month and one evening a week do an interview. Um, and at the moment, that is plenty. It means we still get weekends as a family. I get to be with the gals all week. Um, and yeah, just very fortunate that it gives me a good work family balance. 
Mm, 100% I think sometimes as well it's it's you don't want to overload yourself with like I think sometimes if you oversaturate with the whole like right I need to fill these weekends every single week and this slots every single evening uh, that puts so much pressure on yourself whereas now they're just filling up anyways you're like I've got to add some more <laughs> yeah so this year for 2024 we've added Fridays which um we didn't have in 2023 but the demand's there and um I'm doing them kind of in three month stints um just to make sure that you know there's the interest but I feel like it falls quite well because January to March we've got Galaxy and IJM and then summer we've got like National Miss and Pageant Girl then towards the end of the year we have Teen GB and Miss GB it all falls really nicely um and then it all starts again <laughs> that's it we're literally like, we're literally on off season at the moment because there are no national finals until end of January I think for yeah, sure. Your thing. Perfect time now to get yourself prepped yes. up. Yeah. Honestly, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, what do you think makes a pageant coach? Because obviously, we have to have, to have certain qualities, um, but you know, experience, titles. Um, you know, do you need a massive following? Do you need all of the crowns? Obviously, you have lots of crowns, anyways. I mean, that's always a bonus. <laughs> like, if you were a competitor looking at all of us coaches and you're like right I need to pick one what are you what do you think people are looking for um the angle I mean this isn't even an intentional angle if I'm honest but what I've found um brings out the best in girls from my perspective has been and it says this on my newly launched website not to plug or anything like that well, we were but, plugging, um, it's in there it's in there <laughs> <laughs> um is the real balance of professionalism and friendship um that warmth that that openness um I like to have a laugh in sessions I like for things to be easy I like for you to come with your mum bun and your trackies I don't like you to worry too much about the you know I want it to be a really relaxed environment where you can make mistakes and not worry because that's where we grow so for me it really is like the the balance of me knowing what I'm doing and making sure that I give you the tools, but also that you can receive them really well because you are open and relaxed with me. I think once you've got that sort of relationship, you, you do receive constructive criticism far more willingly, and I think it can be far more beneficial. Um, as far as credentials go, I do think it's really important that you have if I'm honest, a really, really extensive um, experience of the industry. You know, um, if you are going to coach for a particular system, I think maybe that is where things are different. If you, you know, if you sell yourself as a Galaxy or a Yemi or a Miss Universe, whatever it might be, if that is your field and that's what you're selling yourself as, not so much. If you are going to be an all-round coach and take, you know, gals from multiple systems, I think it's really important that you have experience of multiple systems. You know, there's this huge trend at the moment on um, Instagram, if you've seen it, where coaches are now posting the walks for different types. And I think that really is a thing. We do work on foundations and basics and things like that. But sort of once you get a hold of your walk, it is really important to tailor it to suit the system that you're going for you know galaxy versus miss universe is going to be extremely different um and so i think 
yeah, I think I do think a lot of experience within the industry is important. Um, I think crowns are important. I don't know how, I don't know whether there's a measure on how many, um, but I would say that if you're coaching girls, I'm going to say 75% of my girls come in to win. So like there's, there is a portion who come in for a good time, for a top 10 to just improve, but majority come in saying, you know, I, you know, I really want to win it this time. Um, and so if you're going to be coaching girls to a win, you have to have some sort of idea of what it takes to win. Not necessarily within that system, but I think the skills are transferable. The skills that it takes to win are transferable. You just have to tailor them to suit the system. Um, other than that, yeah, personability, professionalism, experience and knowledge. And yeah, and, and the ability to win yourself. <laughs> Do you know what though? Yeah, I think like, uh, let's put a two or more, I think, for crowns. I think as well with that, it's also good that you've experienced defeat as well. I think that's a really good part of being a coach is. Oh, yeah. Really, <laughs> you know, when you get to that first runner up, second runner up, and you felt and you've held someone's hand and they've said another name. You, <laughs> But like, but yeah, also the win as well, because then, you know, experience of being a queen and and having that experience like I knew for myself when I first started out obviously I was a yummy queen and I was an international queen but people still wouldn't they had this little thing because I hadn't won like another system um even I had won like other titles but like I was the only coach at present who hadn't won a holly pageant um and they're like I'm not going to book a few because you haven't won this pageant I was like, okay, I mean, I've trained people to win the pageants as well, but that's your prerogative. You, it's, you have that freedom of choice. But now I have, so I can take that off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a crown over there, okay? I'm, I'm part of the crew now. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, it's having, yeah, having that experience of winning and losing and, you know, also not measuring the crowns of like, you know, my international crown is just as worthy as someone else's international crown, but it's the experience that goes with it, how to get there, how you prepared, you know the knowledge and also it's knowledgeable about pageants because I, I don't know about you but I love reading a, a pageant handbook um not just my own but I can't read that I wrote it <laughs> like the specific pageant handbook where it has all the stuff more information like you know there are some that are the internationals I'll just scroll and look through like what they're looking for the yeah. like criteria like I love it um and if you've never competed in that system it's good to know that like you know give your coach all the information that they can yeah. they can they can help you um but yeah so you've booked your coach you've done your training now we're going to talk about transparency and pageants because I think that yeah similar ideas and especially when I post things you're like yep defo I feel that I'm like yep I'm feeling that as well (laughs) yeah we're we are on a wavelength whenever you post anything I think oh god she can see inside my brain (laughs) (laughs) I was just talking about that today I'm like yeah I know it's the feeling and I think as well it's I think we're such a small market um here in the UK of pageant coaches like, there's only a select few that you can work with or you can obviously go to I say brighter shores they're not bright see <laughs> the other shores and and book other coaches in different countries um but yeah it's the transparency obviously we want to be as transparent as we can with like what we provide to our services what we can do um but also it might be where you book more than one coach um or you book a session with one so we are going to talk about winning hall of fames how long is it between and this is also for your benefit as well you listeners when you're looking um because 
Um, so I'm going to state when I put my Hall of Fame, I put what I do with them, as in like how many sessions. If they put to a four pack, it's four plus. They put one session, one session. Because when a person wins, you'll see a multitude of coaches in that post. Yeah. Um, so my question to you is, yeah, like where where do you draw the line on, I guess, claim to win? Because I hate the word claim and twin because I don't want to claim people. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they looked at me I went to them like that's it we shared a look they're mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I don't I definitely don't like to to claim gals that was something when I started that um you know there had been previous coaches that chose to con- contract gals mm-hmm. and they weren't allowed to like look outside of coaching with this particular person and do you know what if that's how you want to run your business I completely respect it um and I do understand the thought process behind it. But my personal thoughts were, if I had been asked to sign a contract and not coach with anybody else, I'd probably have not chosen to go to that coach because I like to experience multiple or have multiple experiences to see who suits me best. Yes. And I do think, you know, there's something I can learn from Hannah. There's something I can learn from Beth. There's something I can learn from whoever else. Um, and... I think that's really important. It's your pageant, Jenny. It's a hobby. Let's reiterate over and over. This is a hobby. And we I don't I don't like the idea of dictating to girls who they can and can't coach with because just because we've had one session doesn't necessarily mean I'm the right coach for you. Um, I mean I think I am. <laughs> but you might not feel that. And it is absolutely up to you if you choose to go elsewhere. Um with coaching alongside other coaches obviously we work together quite regularly and I have we have a great relationship I have you know so much sort of respect and awe for the way you choose to coach (laughs) um interview um and think you know it's important to advertise yourself by posting the girls who win that's another thing I don't like to do is like claim that I was the reason they won um she coached with me, I gave her the tools, and I like to think that that helped her shine and flourish and do her thing in the best way possible. It's her win. So who she chooses to credit is absolutely up to her. Um, I like to be open and honest about how I coach them. We did walk-in, we did interview, we did this. I think when it's posted as a blanket win, mm. um, I think that's where the transparency needs to come from for me, for anyone really, is that as a coach, I think it's important to say what you did with them. And um, yeah, as long as everyone is, you know, taking credit for what they, for the services they've provided, then I'm cool with it. Yeah, it's it's that hard thing, it's advertising yourself as a coach. And as you said, like for me, I, I can't think of when I exclusively came interview only, um, but obviously I have trained people in walks um, you know I've worked with other girls on that but yeah I am I mark myself as exclusively interviewed but if someone else has worked I said we've worked with clients who've interviewed together that's where it's that nice where we can discuss like oh well this person says I need to do this like can I like yeah. you know, I'll, I'll work on this one or um, and this is where transparency from the client comes as well if you're working with other coaches let us know we're not be like wow you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and me, and me. <laughs> but it's just so we are all on the right page as well, because, you know, I feel that I always say don't work with more than two coaches. Free up push if they're a different 
like aspects you know like you have walk mm-hmm. yeah maybe you have like platform or um you know just just how you're feeling just you know that emotional side I can't think of the word yeah. Right. yeah 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 it's there but then if you start to have more like you know especially having like three or four work, walk coaches can just really it, it will hinder you more than help you because yeah. everyone has different styles everyone has different ways of teaching the same with interview as well you can only get to a certain amount of point before you might then start to lose your groove um yeah so yeah definitely transparency in this as well and this is another thing is um because it, it's happened before um I don't think it's ever happened to me <laughs> I don't know but but I could if I would I'm like right I've trained someone two years ago they've not trained anyone else can I still claim that as a win am I going to no I'm not going to yeah so this it's, it's difficult isn't it because for me personally how I I have one girl who I can say trained with me and hasn't come back for training that's the one the one that I'm aware of if she now chooses to compete and um goes to another coach and wins personally I'm not claiming it um if I didn't coach you for your win that's the line I don't think I personally wouldn't put an amount of time on it but were you involved I would say more like a year were you involved in that year's training yeah if you were involved in that year's training for that competition absolutely take it if you were for a prior competition for previous I don't know I, I don't I don't think I could take credit for it mm. but then I also understand the idea that you know you will have learned things in those previous sessions however many years ago that you still might use now so they do deserve recognition so I think that's just a personal choice yeah. in that I've coached you for this title and that's where I'm gonna you know promote my skills and my teaching um if people choose to promote themselves outside of that that particular crown even though they haven't had any influence on that one then I kind of get it because they'll have learned things from them yeah I think it's very much a mixture I think also it's like I won't put anything until a client says something if they put me in their thank you post I'm like okay cool like I can post about that now um but yeah it's always a tricky thing especially with social media which we're going to talk about because you said you have a website mm-hmm. great and something that I can't like I said I'm a millennial and I can't figure out these website things <laughs> I mean I haven't done any of it <laughs> props to Miss Pageant Girl UK Ashley Russell because <laughs> I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for her <laughs> props is due but it's also as well having that impact do you feel like a coach like you know, I said we we're talking about transparency and coaching so as you talked about like having winners on our posts um, and also I think maybe is because you are a coaching page do you feel like you should um because you do it in your stories which I like you know you post about you know different events do you think that should be like on the main feed like what do you think it is like should we just be posting like our own wins and our own clients or should we be posting like trends and stuff because I'm always interested in this because I I just post millennial jokes like <laughs> it's just me it's a lot of me a lot of the time um yeah what do you think about that um as far as social media goes I am a dinosaur I am rubbish I'm absolutely rubbish um people who 
bother <laughs> to look at my Instagram, <laughs> I will know that I forget to take pictures. I forget to do videos. If I do take videos, they're grainy. I'm just so out of touch. I think I'm just from the wrong era and don't and don't care enough for it. Um, I probably should. Um, given that this is now my full-time job and there is so much sort of advertisement and revenue that can be made from social media, but I just don't, I don't have that desire for it. Um, but generally, I try and keep things very professional, put some, you know, little videos together in reels and things like that and picture. I'm getting better. And I try and also ensure that I am not solely about my winners. My winners are not my... They are my focus, obviously, but they're not my, you know, my only focus. I am so proud of my girls who managed to actually get on stage because there's some of them who don't know if they can make it on stage because of their anxiety or their concerns or, you know, their own nerves. I'm proud of my girls who go from top 20 to top 10 or whatever it may be. I'm really conscious of celebrating everybody. And so that's what I really try and push with social media is that I celebrate all of my girls rather than focusing solely on the girls who who win so that that's that's what I tend to find I post about so you'll notice like if there's a competition coming up there'll be posts about them then on the night there's posts about them and then there's nothing for like three weeks until they have a session again <laughs> I, I go I go in like waves depending on what events are happening yeah so basically you're quiet for the next two <laughs> say again sorry you're quiet for the next two months then so no finals happening so you're just like oh, right, just absolutely yeah yeah no you wouldn't be hearing from me for a while <laughs> but yeah I think it's like it's I say fair play to those who can smash on social media because like there's a big market for it and it's also it's not just about us at the client wins it's about the information that we're given part mm -hmm. of driving up this podcast as well it's it's something that accesses because as you said when you said about have if you had you when you first started would your journey of you know to international has been quicker um <clears throat> but yeah we had nothing <laughs> we had nothing back in the day but badly drawn eyebrows and just <laughs> <laughs> I was the absolute queen of bad eyebrows <laughs> honestly when Galaxy posted that throwback of the first ever final I was like yeah that's it that was the fashion no brows like I never put a fake tan on until obviously I'm down south though so I don't know if it's cultural differences with like down south and up north like, <laughs> I never, I never fake tan. <laughs> until like 2018 was the first time I ever wore fake tan um but yeah like back in there though but I do actually remember my friend would put fake tan she wouldn't wash it off either so she spilled a drink on oh side. wow she had well, the yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a fun tidbit of the 2020s. No, not 2020s, 20s. No, it was it was a day. It was it was you know the first time it turned 20, 2020. Whatever it is, there's too many 20s. Um, but on that, yeah, we never had that. Whereas now we have access to more coaches, to more information online. Um, have you found that it's a welcoming place on Instagram to be a coach? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was actually having a listen to your podcast about you were saying um, about, you know, the being beef between coaches. Yeah. I am very thankful that I haven't even heard this rumour. <laughs> I think um, so far I've had an, an amazing, amazing experience. Um, you know, what I, I do tend to find is in sessions, and this isn't necessarily coach related this is just generally related people as we we're saying before about therapy feel like they 
are, you know, they they trust that whatever they say in that room is confidential. So I'm usually hot on all the gossip. Uh, I normally know, you know, everything that's going on, but have absolutely sort of no involvement. And I think it's been, you know, it's been something that I've really had to consciously make sure that I'm a neutral party on because, um, you know, we, we do have opinions. Let's not pretend we don't. We might have experience of people that are being talked about or whatever, but yeah, I'm a very neutral party um, and just offer whoever I've got in the room with me my support in the sense of them as a person, not not anybody else. Okay, Switzerland in this, in this, very neutral. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Just want the best for everybody. <laughs> it's true and it is, um, yeah, you find that, I always feel I want my clients to be able to talk to me about anything. And yeah. also sometimes you haven't got that right mindset when you go into a session. Sometimes you just need to talk out. Like I will, I have a client that literally just will just discuss her pageant stuff and her worries and stuff. Not even like, and we just talk through questions um, because people, a single session doesn't necessarily have to be mocks all the time it's not we're not just chucking questions at you and you think that you have to get everything right like that's not at all but yeah no the beef <laughs> beef between coaches sometimes people just paint these things up and they think that we're all backstabbing and we're stealing each other's clients and you know we're on I would I would say generally everyone's my friend you know so um Harriet and Chloe uh, Harriet and Chloe Lake were my sister queens for Amazing. Galaxy 10 um who else um tina was a grand girl um anybody else i wouldn't say i know as such um but no great relationships with with everybody as as far as i'm as far as i'm aware <laughs> no one's told me if you don't like me anyway <laughs> like right she did this with what she was yeah. on the wine like, what was she doing <laughs> oh I mean if people have got a problem with wine then I'm definitely not the same for you <laughs> oh, honestly yeah no it's actually the reason why we have uh, pageant con which sadly you won't be on so there's a spoiler there sorry people you know, sorry guys getting that coin she's good yeah it's a, it's a full pageant training day unfortunately no space for anything but you know because I wanted to have that place where I can't just say like oh yeah like this is the biggest pageant like virtual event in the UK and not actually have other experts of myself I want to be doing all the sessions like right we're doing this 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 and this like just book a session like so much <laughs> it's nice to actually hear and amplify sorry I did not mute oh, my friends not mute my phone that's there we go awful but anyway <laughs> it's been great to talk about the transparency in pageants and I hope that a lot of people think maybe more about like what you see on social media isn't always what you see on social media um you know yeah. so when you come to approach someone it might not be yeah just a lot of things about but we are going to go into some fun things now okay talk about this is what I ask all of the coaches on the podcast what is your pageant ick <laughs> so I absolutely love this question when you like gave me a little brief earlier on um and do you know what I haven't I don't think I've got many but my my biggest ick, and it is a bit of like more of a funny one. It's not anything serious, but is when you put your sash on, please iron it. If you have creases in your sash, you're gonna get a, a death stare from me. <laughs> a death stare. Straight out the envelope. So obviously, it's 
it's a bit of a funny one. It's it's not the end of the world, but it is something that I think it's really, really important. You are like advertising, not advertising, that's probably the wrong word. You are trying to sell yourself as a future representative of this system, of this organization. And these minor details for me are something that should really matter. Um, they're, if you become their queen, they're going to send you out as their representative and you're, you know, the, the face of their brand. You need to be like, nope, perfect. And for me, these small details matter. So generally it's a what's called a, um, a regional sash, you know, a finalist sash. Like yeah. national sashes tend to be a bit more like thick and dense and increase so easily. Yeah, sash and sash. Yeah, the satin sash. The ribbon, yeah. Call it a ribbon. And then you've got... Yeah, the ribbon sash. Um, Put a hot towel, a pot towel over them and run hot iron over the towel. Do not iron them <laughs> straight on because you'll take all the, the print off. Um, but, but when people get out their folded sashes, my heart sinks. Please roll your sash up <laughs> so that you don't get any lines in it. <laughs> you know, it's hard because I'm looking at my Galaxy sash now because it's interesting. When you said earlier about like, you know, like, you know that it was your home and like Galaxy was like the first pageant. My first sash, my first sash, Miss Swindon, Galaxy 2010. I had my title on, and now, yeah, full circle. But I always hang it. It's always hung up there. Yeah. Which actually, when I was, <laughs> I had it for obviously my first appearance, but I don't, I don't Galaxy like two months before I was handing over. But I had it hanging there because I wanted to get the. <laughs> so, after my trainer, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, I remember doing a TikTok video. I was like, oh my God, the sash was in there. Let me just like, let me. Let me... <laughs> But yeah, it has to. Yeah, don't put it in the washing machine because you wash your letters off unless you have a fabric. But even then, I usually just soak it in the bathtub. Um, yeah, that's another thing about dirty sashes when you have a white sash. Oof, yeah, fingerprints, foundation marks, lipstick marks. Yeah. I think it's as well like here along like your neckline where yeah. where the sash sits. You get like a little orange tinge. Pop it in the back with you. It'll take <laughs> it'll take some no time at all. Unless you've got a fake tunnel, don't please. <laughs> oh yeah, and then please don't. <laughs> like literally, disaster. Yeah, it literally yeah it's yeah yes iron in rolling up and get yourself a nice sash back because i think that yeah yeah i was <laughs> when i first started competing it was just chucked in my bag because oh, yeah like, yeah i was going we were doing a lot of things like a lot of appearances a lot of things but now it's in a nice sash well it hangs up there and it's a nice sash bag afterwards so there we go top tip to look after your sash <laughs> It's true though when it looks folded, it's it's kind of like giving that whole polished look of being yeah. a pack queen. Like when you come to sessions, you can be as unpolished as you want, looking comfortable. Yeah. Um, obviously if you're if you're doing walks, you need to have heels. <laughs> you can't yeah. just you can't just turn up and train as well, unless you're in sports, but I would assume you would do more than that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to actually like events and stuff, because one thing that I have is ripped jeans on appearances, really old school. Oh. I mean, I don't know if I would wear jeans for an appearance. <laughs> it depends on what the appearance is, I suppose. Um, I've never really thought about it. I feel like if jeans were appropriate, I wouldn't worry about them being ripped. I just can't imagine an appearance for a pair of jeans. What what appearance do you wear jeans for? I don't know because I hate jeans for passion. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them so much. I tried to get in them, but yeah, ripped mine's always Jordan though when I was a national queen and then it was like oh you're not allowed to wear jogging bottoms to this appearance and I think like if you do a sports thing yes you know donations yeah I think it just depends like look at the situation of it and go oh you know can I get away with 
ripped jeans and crocs um, i'm a croc hater so i'm sorry if you love it and everyone oh I, I mean i don't hate them but i am not a fan like i know i know people like worship them don't they it's like a it's like a whole thing person just messaged jade she used to be a croc hater with me and then she got into crocs and now so she is there and i've seen my house i'm like oh yeah no i didn't really get it but people people rave about them don't they they're yeah awesome. and they'll be like no they're the most comfortable shoe in the world i just see little plastic shoe but i know this is where i'll get cancelled they're like Can- hannah cancelled <laughs> you are you're cancelled by the croc crew <laughs> i said no, 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 i'm not coaching look hey you know you do what you do you feel comfortable i just don't want to see you at a pageant looking all glam at the end of the night whatever because people wearing trainer slippers like you do you but I don't want to be seeing Crocs. <laughs> it just ruins it. Put on a pair of trainers. Well, obviously, women are more, so we used to just wear heels regardless. Like, in the club, everything like that. We were in heels until the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm still... Well, I don't know. I feel like if it's, you know, a, a donation sort of yeah, event, um, so long as you're smart. I don't know how you would define smart, but smart um, is fine. Yeah. Yeah, we're not looking. You're not looking to wear a ball gown or cocktail dress. <laughs> dropping off at the charity shop, are you? Like, you no. know, <laughs> nice bin bags, and I'm here like proper ball gown. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, I'm- if you've got it in, yeah, I would be. I would like be so in such like awe of you. Um, like but- friends, they're doing it in the supermarket, so I, I was like, I was like, oh, I wish I could do that, but I was like, where I live. <laughs> no I I honestly don't have it in me I'm like completely like wowed by it but I think it's again it's a social media thing isn't it I just don't have that yeah social media sort of pull I don't know not pull that's the wrong word I, I just don't have that interest in in being relevant in other ways mm, yeah I mean I don't have I don't have TikTok I don't I've never looked at it Oh, you're missing out. You're missing. I I downloaded it in COVID just to look at funny videos, and then I got swept up in <laughs> following on there. But I just I don't sell stuff on there, so I'm not prime on that. And I just I, I get bored. But then I I get some I get some PR packages. I've got you know uh, underwear and <laughs> and the projector. I've got to do a video on. So I'm buzzing about that. So hey, I'll take <laughs> I'll take the little bits. But yeah, it's usually for the funny videos and the trends. Like I love that, but. Badger X so Sash, and then we yeah. got and yeah, we're, that's gonna be a little thing on Spotify. I put a little thing like, "Do you like Crocs?" <laughs> if you like Crocs, do not listen. This is our podcast. I'm like, oh, if you like the content, please leave a review. If you don't like it, don't leave a review. Just don't leave. Don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I respect the honesty. So my last question is, what do you think pageant queens should be doing more of? Like, you know, I asked this for Maria last week. Um, you know, what do you want to see more in 2024? But especially for UK pageant girls, what do you want to see them doing more? Um, I think for me, as far as doing more, I don't know if that would be the term for me. I want them to be quality over quantity. Um, so it, it really is something that I push with my girls that you do not need to do 500 million appearances you don't have to traipse up and down the country if you don't have the means to um I completely respect that is some people's social life they absolutely love coming to all the different events and if you can afford it and it makes you happy you do 
as many as you like. If it's going to mean you can't pay your bills or if it's going to mean that you can't eat or (laughs) if it's putting a lot of pressure on you mentally, physically. Um, I know you've got your podcast about burnout. For me, I watch some girls on stage and I think they have pushed themselves so hard that they haven't been able to um, perform as well as they could have because they're not, you know, glowing. They look worn out. They look so, like... And I do, it should never be a case of getting to a point where you're, you know, bent out or worn out. It should be enjoyable. So I think it's prioritizing what you're doing rather than doing more of it. Do the best of it. Do what sells your, like, make, does the best for your platform, for your campaign, for your personal journey, for your growth within pageantry. But, but don't compromise sort of who you are or what you want to do. Um, I'm going to be really honest. In Galaxy 2010, I knew that was a long time ago and things have changed. I didn't do all 10 appearances. I think I did seven. And even then, I probably didn't get some of the points for some of them because I didn't really understand what appearances were. And I know things have changed now. Um, but I do, I do think now less and less systems are, you know, given the extra points for the appearances. And it is purely, in my opinion, for your interview content and for you using your sash to... Um, benefit a cause that you're passionate about um, so making it you know real quality appearances quality events um, that's the priority the other thing sorry I'm going to go on a little bit here is I really want girls perspective of interview changing to change you spend thousands on outfits shoes gowns you pay as much or as little as, say, I would recommend for walking. And then someone says to you, no, I'm really good at speaking. I'm really confident. And mm-hmm. I respect that. And I have a lot of time for people who feel that confident within themselves because if they'll feel like we do live in an age where self-confidence isn't something that everyone can shout about. And I never want to dull anyone's sparkle who feels like they can do it. Whatever they're given is good enough. Oh, my God, amazing. What I think people underestimate is that that there is sort of a technique to it. There is a way to not waffle. There's a way to give just enough, but not too much that you're, you know, getting enough questions enough or the right amount of questions. Um. There are different vibes for different systems of what they're going to ask you, what they expect you to do. There's lots to still know, even if you are a confident speaker. So when what I've started doing is when I get this response, because I do get it quite frequently, is I say, okay, do do me one favor, have a taster session with me and let me advise you on what I think you could benefit from. And then we'll book you in from there. Or if you think, no, I don't need this, that is your prerogative, but I can at least know that I've given you my best advice. There is one person I've ever come across that I have allowed to not do interview training. Um, and that was April, who's our MERS Galaxy International, because she just has it. Whatever she has, she won MERS Galaxy interview twice, then she won Galaxy uh, International interview. She, Whatever she has, she has it. And I don't want to mess with that. And if I think, if I we do one session, and I think you're perfect. I will say you're perfect. I am not here to to make money out of people who I don't need to. Because also, I don't know if you've ever had those sessions where people are so good and you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, oh 
didn't really know what to do with you. <laughs> You're that good. Um, up in a couple of times, but yeah, it's more of like a let's just bounce, practice it. That's fine. We're going to give yeah. you that. But sometimes people are thinking like, I need to have negative feedback. You need to give me this. And sometimes it's like, girl, you're good. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, you are that good. You are that good. Um, so yeah, so I really just want the perspective on interview changing to change, and rather than it being, um, you know only people who feel like they've got no confidence in interview coming everyone come and have at least a bit of a go see what you can learn from it because it can be beneficial no matter how comfortable you are in front of the panel of judges <clears throat> yeah the thing is as well with interview because I think that a lot of people neglect it compared to other training and yeah. I have to say especially with some systems so Miss TNGB and pageant girl is 50% with Atlanta 50% yeah, Atlantic is 40% for your interview. Um, and the numbers are like 25. So it's, it's still a good portion. Um, why would you not want to get like all those points? Like, yeah. And it's not, it's not conferencing at all. Sometimes you have all the words you want to say, you just can't get the words out. And it's just, we are yeah. your budget brain. We take your words, we mix it around check it back out yeah <laughs> and we yeah. make it sound like a fluffy rainbow with yeah, unicorns coming out of it <laughs> i always say it's the cheese line i just add that extra sparkle on sparkle it. exactly yeah <laughs> that's the cheese tagline but going back to the appearance things as well there are no systems now in the uk as far as i know that offer additional points because diamond have changed galaxy now have changed um and the others didn't but it is purely into content because as someone who does like awareness days more because that's part of my overall platform, I'm not going to focus my time on the one time I, you know, wore red, you know, and posted a little heart and said, you know, I'm wearing red for World Heart Day. Um, I'm going to talk about other stuff. I've done a lot more. <laughs> like, yeah. so the big you know, stuff. Yeah, you've got three minutes. <laughs> yeah, you've got three minutes. You've got to start yourself. And also as well, it's it's that platform because I know there's a whole debate of should you have a platform, should you not? And I started my platform just because I couldn't get everywhere. I couldn't get everywhere. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to utilize what I have. And that's why all this is on my bedroom. Like, you know, Project P, period products are just over there. I have all this powerful stuff here. <laughs> it's all here and you can do it. You can be involved in pageantry and you can you know have that reach even if you are just in your room but yeah like I'll still get FOMO there when I see all the things but I've not oh, me absolutely I get it I get it terrible especially now especially because I'm kind of out of the events mm. um sort of click because I'm not competing um and because I don't have the time to give to everyone so I feel like I can't give to anyone because I don't want there to be sort of any preferential treatment, you know, rumours or anything like that. Um, so I tend to just come to actual competitions um, because you want to make sure that you are ma maintaining your own reputation as well. Um, it's important. It's good. it's good to network. It's also good just to catch up. Like, even though I feel that events, you never have enough time to catch up. Why? those small events are quite nice however yeah it's fitting it all on in it's yeah it's so hard because there's so many people in pageant world you want to attend you want to go and you want to travel but so so many hours in the day and so much money in the bank um and also so much energy as well because you know think of traveling to events spending the time at the event and then you know decomposing like i have a social battery it's you know one of them <laughs> mine is short I don't know if anyone's ever noticed but I never hang around like after crowning because I just 
I'm like tea and toast in bed oh get me there <laughs> but this does this is not just pageantry my friends will tell you like if we go anywhere if we do anything or like my friends are at my house I'm like gas it's 11 o'clock everyone can go home now like I am just like an early to bed girl do you know what though I really loved when um COVID like closed everything at 10 so you had to like leave at 10 <laughs> you have a start out and then like late finish go home just ugh, chill yeah food. Get a bit of songs on in bed before 12. Although I am like, I am a night bird. So, but in my own terms, like at home, I'm a night bird. Oh, not so much. <laughs> but I'm I'm a night bird, but not out of choice because my two babies just wake up all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, about, about, that. <laughs> about that. Oh my God. It's been so nice to talk to you. Now, here are the plugs. Obviously, I'm going to put it in the, in the description as well. Um, Tell us where people can find you for award-winning, <clears throat> award-winning coaching. Okay, so we have Queen Bee Pageant Trainings Instagram, which is my main form of communication. Um, and we have also now launched at queenbeepageanttraining.co.uk, um, which you can access um, now online, which is amazing. Uh, we don't actually do any bookings through that. Originally, the inspiration was <laughs> to, to do bookings there, but I just like, I like that personal touch, I like to be able to communicate with you. So we have emails from the website or we have uh, DMs on Instagram. And this, and I know a lot of people think there were both two couple of dinosaurs with our paper diaries, just like, but I find this is going back to the transparency at the start. It means that sessions aren't missed. Um, it means that you can have your session and also it's a flexibility as well. Yeah. Because it might be where you can't do sync online, but we can change it around or, you know, yeah. it's so it's so much more flexibility, which I love. And I don't and, and I think I think it's also for me a case of um I like the idea of having multiple sessions with people. I'm not really an advocate for for one session here and there, which not obviously booking online gives you the ability to do. Um because I just think there's always, you know, things you can learn, then you go away and make a habit, and then you come back and you build on it. And you just don't get that opportunity if you've only sort of booked one session online. So <laughs> I use it to book people in for multiple sessions. I think that is. I mean, I said uh, we were talking about this earlier before the call. And I said that for me, I have a single session option, but I ideally like to get the full pack. So it's in. Um, but I said everyone works in different ways. Sometimes you might need one. Sometimes you might need more. But I think as a coach perspective, it's nice to have that rapport. Yeah. Be able to know that you can actually see the progress. I love yeah. that. I love seeing the progress of someone from their first session to their last. And they're like, oh, I don't think like I've done one. I don't think I've made progress. I'm like, well, actually, you answered the question. You didn't say, um, you didn't, yeah. you know, <laughs> the question back. You actually had an answer for, you know, a societal question or a personality question, like smashed it. And we love seeing that progression. Which yeah, is I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's coaching is a journey. It's not a sort of one session fix no if you I feel like if you are and I think this as well is really important before we finish is that coaching can be done for anyone at any age um and any like years of experience you could be in pageantry for years pageantry is always changing it's always evolving so you know what worked in an interview 10 years ago would probably not work in an interview now um but you're never too old to learn a few tricks mm -hmm. it's just the refresh and sometimes you might think of um, you know, I had it recently with um, 
one of my clients who'd never had any training, but she won national and international titles. But she's like, I feel like I just need it. Um, and then we worked through, she go, oh, actually, I need, you know, sometimes you get into habits, like myself included, although, you know, I'm just very strict to myself. <laughs> when I'm coaching myself, I'm like, no, kind of what you're doing. Um, but sometimes you fall into those habits and it's not until someone else sees you and hears yeah. you, like, oh, actually, yeah. Like there's always, people always have buzzwords they use. And I don't know if I've used it in this, but I always say definitely a lot. I think a lot of people say that a lot of people say that definitely you know a lot of people say you know and I'm like I don't know tell me (laughs) tell me why I know lots of sorry to games me lots of girls up north say like and I know I do it loads but in under interview circumstances I know I can switch it off but I need that um reassurance from people (laughs) so we rehearse not saying it because it's it's like a a, a, a and a space filler, yeah. Where you're trying to to get on to your next thought or to your next word, and we'll probably go back in this interview and I've said it about forty thousand times. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's something I I try and discourage. Yeah, we always have that, and it happens. It, it happens. There's always always one. Um, but thank you so much. We finally got a podcast done and done. We haven't been speaking about it for a very long time. So long. <laughs> but we did it. But thank you so much. All the information for Beth will be in the description of this podcast. You can find her. And obviously the website will direct you to her Instagram anyways. Because I did have a little look in it. I was like, Ooh, I love looking at websites. But I'm like, I can't. I was, serious, I was talking to Ashley about it. I was like, it looks really good. I was like, I can't do it. She's like, oh, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I've scored it. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks good. Um, but yes, thank you so much for being my guest. And everyone else who's listened, I hope you've enjoyed this episode.